Hello everybody and welcome in to the Fan Cave. This is your host Nathan Murphy, aka Mountaineer Murph. If you've been with us before, welcome back. And if this is your first time here, welcome and come on in to the Fan Cave and we'll talk some sports. Hello again everybody. Uh, It's been a while, uh, so we are going to call this week's show the kickoff to Season 2 of the Fan Cave. Uh, I'm going to try and get this out every Sunday morning, uh, and feel free to step inside, uh, talk to me. As always, you can email me, mountaineermurph23 at gmail.com. Get me some new topics, uh, get your opinions heard, uh, and let's get this this show rolling again. Um, I always enjoy doing it. I just got a little tied up with some other stuff and haven't had the time that I wanted to to devote to this. So we're going to get back into it. So we're going to start today, season two, um, and I'm going to kick this off. We're here in the fan cave, so we're going to open up a six-pack today. Um, I got six topics that we're going to talk about briefly. Um, Three of my topics today are about uh, the NFL and their regular season, some things that that I've learned um, about the NFL uh, just from a a fan's perspective. Um, So I hope you enjoy the show, and let's get into it. we'll open up topic number one. So I now live in uh, Kalamazoo, as you guys know. So I live in Michigan. I'm not a huge Detroit Lions fan, but now that I'm here, uh, you know, I can, I see a lot more of the games and, and, uh, you know, I started talking to a lot of the fans and and not that I can relate to the Lions fans being a Patriots fan, although this year I kind of can. Um, Just being a casual observer kind of from, the outside and then moving in, um, I've learned one thing about the Detroit Lions uh, that I didn't already know. And and that's uh, Matthew Stafford de- deserves more. And so this is our, our first topic today, right? The Lions have done it again, right? They've wasted another potential Hall of Fame career. You know, they did it to Megatron. Really, they, they wasted Barry Sanders' career. They only got him... Uh, one playoff appearance and and Barry Sanders is arguably the greatest running back of all time. Um, So with that, knowing that Stafford deserves more than he's gotten out of these Detroit lions, right? He's got two years left on his contract. And, and so do they do what's right for Matthew Stafford and trade him, or do they do what's right for the franchise and potentially, build around him with the next two seasons. And I think it, it kind of depends on this, this draft, the next couple of drafts. Can you get the talent around him that will make him want to stay in Detroit and make him think that he can finish his career here in Detroit and, and eventually, you know, before his career is completely wasted and completely over, can they challenge the Green Bay Packers, and to some extent the Chicago Bears um, for the division? Can they challenge the Packers for the conference? Can they challenge the Seahawks for the conference? Although the Seahawks are kind of tailing off, and obviously they they lost their first-round playoff game uh, yesterday. So can they challenge those upper echelon teams for the division and for the conference if they can build some people around Stafford right now? You know, they've got a new GM coming in. They're going to have a new head coach coming in. 
can they convince him that they can do enough to keep him in Detroit? Or do you trade him? Do you, you're not going to get a King's ransom for the guy. He, he's, you know, I won't say he's old, but he's, he's been in the league for a while. He's had some injuries. Can you get enough out of a trade to build this franchise? But if you do that, you have to start over again. You have to find that franchise quarterback and Stamp Stafford is that franchise quarterback. And I'm going to, not only is he the franchise quarterback, I'm going to go one step further and I'm going to say he's an MVP and yeah, MVP it sounds like a stretch, right? But think about what that means. Most valuable player, right? That you break it down and that's simply the most valuable player, not the best player in the league, not the best player on the best team in the league. And that's typically what these awards go to, right? There's the best player on the best team, uh, you know, that you see it with the Heisman Trophy in the college ranks, and you see it with the MVP in the NFL. But most valuable player, to me, is just that. If you take this guy off of a team, what happens to that team? We saw it last year here in Detroit. Stafford gets hurt. They don't win another game, right? They were, what, 3-4-1? and one. Could have potentially been 4-4, four and four, 500 at worst before Stafford goes down. They finish the year with 10 years, or 10 wins excuse me, or three wins, excuse me. Um, so you take Stafford off of this team and this team is exponentially worse. So to me, there is not a more valuable person, at least on the Lions. You can say the same thing about Deshaun Watson in, uh, in, in Houston for the Texans. You take Watson off that team and that team is terrible. He had one of the, he had probably the best season this year for a quarterback and yet they win almost nothing this year. They're a terrible team. So you take him off that team, you take Stafford off the Lions, and those teams are exponentially worse. So Stafford deserves more than what he's getting in Detroit right now. So either get him out of there and start rebuilding your franchise and give this guy a chance to win a Super Bowl that he deserves to have because he is that good of a quarterback, or you better in the next two years hit a home run with every single one of your draft picks and give this guy a chance to compete here in Detroit where seemingly he actually enjoys being and I can't imagine why all right that's going to wrap it up for this topic let's crack open topic number two all right all right cracking open topic number two here we go the bills are the beast of the east again so let me let me say this the AFC East runs through Buffalo again, just like it did in the 90s when I was growing up watching football. And it will probably for two or three more years. Okay. Yeah, I know Miami has is, is kind of got something going with Tua. Um, they, but they've got to get something built around him. He's got to stay healthy. Right? We saw end of the year they had a chance uh, to make the playoffs, but they had to go beat Buffalo to do it, and they got smoked. So right there, I think, is proof that there's nobody left in the AFC East that can touch the Buffalo Bills for the next couple of seasons, at least the next two. So this year and two more, I think you see the Buffalo Bills win the AFC East. And that's at, at, at the very minimum. All right, so the Patriots, who dominated that division for a long, long time are doing something that they have not had to do 
since the the nineties when they drafted Drew Bledsoe. Right? You you think back all the way back then they draft Drew Bledsoe and they had that quarterback position locked up. Then he gets hurt. Luckily they had this sixth round pick out of Michigan. I think his name is Tom Brady. He did some pretty good things apparently in, in New England and he's still doing some pretty good things in Tampa. All right. So since then they haven't had to to find the most important position on the field in the NFL, and that's quarterback. Well, now they are. Right? The Cam Newton experiment didn't work. They don't know what they have in Stidham. Right? So they sit at 15 this season in the draft. Do you draft a quarterback? Is there going to be a quarterback sitting that high? Is Belichick going to move up and, and draft a quarterback? I don't think he's going to make enough of a blockbuster move to go up high enough to get a guy like Fields or uh, Trevor Lawrence or any of those guys that, that might go top five or six, depending on, on what teams need. Right. So is there going to be a, a franchise level quarterback sitting at 15? I don't know. The Patriots are going to be looking just like everybody else has for a few years to try and find that next level guy to bring them back. So you look at what Buffalo has sitting out there with Josh Allen. He's a dual threat guy. He's a big quarterback. He can run the football. You know, they said it in their win yesterday. Uh, it's kind of like running the old single wing with a, a guy that can throw it and run it. And, and that offense just flows through him, right? He's got Stefan Diggs to throw it to. This offense is explosive. And and they've got a pretty darn good defense too. They're, you know, they're they're playing good defense out there. They've got everything they need to not only win this division for the next three years, but compete against the Chiefs and, and those couple of upper level teams in the AFC. You know, and, and the NFL is very top heavy, and it always is. You've got two or three really strong teams, and then you've got the rest of the league. You know. I don't know if Pittsburgh is as good as what their their record stated that they were, especially when they were what eleven and zero. Right, they didn't finish the season very well. Uh, the Chiefs finish with one or two losses on the season. They're legit. They're a legitimate team in the AFC. And then you've got the Bills, and I think the Bills have the team that can beat these guys. They have a team that can play with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now I don't know if they do it this year. But they've got that kind of team, and they are going to have that kind of team for the next couple of seasons. As long as Josh Allen stays healthy, you keep Diggs happy and keep him healthy and on the field and catching passes from this guy. This team is the beast of the East, and I don't know if they're going to have that Jim Kelly Buffalo Bill success that they had back in the 90s. I don't think you're going to see him go to four straight Super Bowls. But I do think you're going to see them win three, four, five AFC East titles in a row, control that division, and, and potentially control the one or the two seed. And when we, when we get back into the regular playoff format, right, you're going to see a couple of, you know, they're going to get that first round by. They're going to they're going to have teams coming through Buffalo in January, and I that's not an easy place to win. The Buffalo Bills are going to rule the AFC East for the next two, three, four, five seasons and have a chance 
at, at potentially finally getting that Super Bowl that Kelly and the, those Bills didn't get. All right, that's going to do it for topic two. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to slide in a word from the sponsor, and we'll come back and we'll crack open topic number three. Stick around. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks for sticking with me. Topic number three. And, and again, this is an opinionated answer here, but I think we answered that important question that was asked at the beginning of the season. Was it coach or quarterback? And of course, we're talking Belichick and Brady. Which guy was the key driving factor behind that dynasty in New England? And again, you look at, at the con- contradictory seasons that or the contrasting seasons that Tampa and New England had this year. This might surprise you when I tell you, I think it was a combination of both. It was both guys. Both of them had, you know, both of them had their own hand in that dynasty, right? You look early in, in Brady's career, uh, especially that first Super Bowl uh, when he came in, um, right? You, he comes in for Bledsoe, uh, helps him get to the playoffs, right? He gets hurt and in the AFC championship game and Bledsoe actually comes in, saves the season in Pittsburgh, right? Without Bledsoe, they don't even make that Super Bowl, right? So then in the Super Bowl, Belichick and his defense had a great game plan. Yes, Spygate, you can say all that stuff, whatever. Um, But they stopped the greatest show on turf, right? They hold them to what, 17 points. And and really did a great job in that game. And Bledsoe had one moment in that ball game, right? He had the drive at the end of the game that set up Benetieri's field goal. And a lot of that, it, it wasn't even like he was pushing the ball downfield. He he made some good throws to some good receivers, right? They had some weapons at the time. Uh, and, and they made Troy Brown, makes a great catch and run, helps get him set up. And the legend of Tom Brady is born. Right, and of course he does. He goes on to have a great career, and they got him some weapons from time to time, right? But Belichick always had a good defense, or or a good enough defense to make sure that Brady was in games. And yeah, there were some seasons that that Brady really had to carry an offense. He started dragging the offense along with him because he had absolutely no weapons, right? Those years, Belichick's defense for sure had a hand in winning those Super Bowls. Okay, so now you look, Brady leaves New England. He's sitting in Tampa Bay. What's he do this year, right? He has weapons. He's got guys to throw it to. Gronk is back on his side. Uh, you know, Tampa was was loaded coming in, and then they get a- Antonio Brown to, for him to throw to. All right, so he throws for over 4,500 yards and 40-plus touchdowns. All right, he has a great season, and he looks like the Tom Brady of old. All right, but let's look at this, okay? New England's defense this year, 15th in yards per game allowed and 7th in points per game allowed. Now, that's pretty good. You sit in the middle in yards per game, but you're in the top 10 in, in points allowed a game, and they still only win seven games, and that tells you that he didn't have a quarterback this year. He didn't have an offense this year. But his defense played good enough to win them seven games and keep them in others, keep them in plenty of others where they had chances to win, but the inept offense didn't do it. All right. But it's not like Brady did it all on his own this year in Tampa. All right. Tampa's defense, sixth 
in the league in yards allowed per game. Sixth, a top 10 defense in yards allowed. Sounds like something that Belichick could have done for him in years past. And eighth in points per game. They sit directly behind New England by a tenth of a point per game. So they average pretty much the same points allowed per game. And here you go. You have Brady doing his thing with some weapons. So I don't think you can give the credit to Belichick and his defense. I don't think you can give the credit to Brady and him dragging an inept offense around. There were a few years in New England he had some weapons, right? He had a great tight end for a while in Gronkowski. He's using him now in Tampa. He had Randy Moss. He had some other good receivers, and he's got him now in Tampa, and he's using it to his advantage because not only does he have weapons that he can throw to, and he can throw for 4,600 yards, he can throw 40 touchdowns. He's got a defense that is going to keep him in every single game. And going into last night's playoff game against Washington, right? they had only beaten one playoff team that they had played that year. One. They had lost every other game to every other playoff opponent. So you can't tell me that it's all Brady and Brady can do it on his own. He needed Belichick. Belichick needed Brady. Brady went out and did it on his own, but he did it with Bruce Arians and a defense that plays a lot like Belichick's defenses and keeps teams off the scoreboard. All right, let's crack open topic number four. Let's get to it. So topic number four, we're going to get out of the world of the NFL. All right, we're going to switch it up. We're going to stick in the world of football, uh, but we're going to go to college football. The college football playoffs uh, this week, um, Monday night, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, we're going to find out who the champion of, of the 2020 messed up college football season that we had this year. And I say messed up because of the coronavirus and teams not playing a whole lot of games. It was just an ugly season uh, because of that. And and I'm just ready for, for things to get back to normal-ish in the sports world. But anyway... We see Ohio State and Alabama, and they may be legitimately the two best teams in college football. We may have a championship game that is the right two teams. But did we get there the right way? The two semifinal team or games were both huge blowouts. Huge blowouts. Neither one was even close. So did we get the right teams in there? I don't know if Notre Dame should have been there in the first place. Notre Dame loses by almost as many as they did to Alabama in the semifinals to, to Clemson in the AFC, or in the uh, ACC championship game. So should Notre Dame have been there? I don't think so. Do we put Cincinnati in? Maybe. I don't. Does Cincinnati stand any better chance against Alabama? Probably not. But they were undefeated. I think they deserved it. Um, so, you know, that I don't know. It, it's... How do you fix it, right? Well, I think you need to expand it. The FCS division, they have a playoff system. And, and is it perfect? Probably not. You know, does someone feel snubbed, in, you know, every season going into the playoffs? Yeah, probably. But there's very, very little complaint that goes along with it, okay? I, they do it every year. So why can't the FBS do it? 
So let me break this down. Here's my thoughts on it. And then again, mountaineermurph23 at gmail.com. You can give me your opinions, uh, you know, if you'd like, and I'd love to hear them. Ten conferences, one group of independents, I think it's four or five teams. It would be really nice if the independents could find a conference. Someone's got to let them in. BYU used to be in a conference. Army was in Conference USA for a while, right? Notre Dame is sitting in the ACC right now. Leave them there. Don't let them wiggle out of this just because they wanted to wiggle in so they'd have a conference and be allowed to play, right? No, leave them in the ACC. Put them in the ACC. Their basketball team, their lacrosse teams, all their other teams play in the ACC. Keep them there. Make their football team stay. And that'll solve some of this problem, right? So 10 conferences, one group of independents. All right, here we go. 10 conference champions ranked by a committee, one through 10. All right, you have your independent. The highest ranking independent team can be placed into a playoff system by the committee. Now, there would have to be some rules set up because it would be very easy and very bias-based to say Notre Dame should be in over a team from the MAC or from uh, Conference USA or something like that. So there would have to be some sort of setting in place that that would keep that from happening. And, and I understand that. So it's not a, a perfect plan, but with some time and the work by the right people, I think it would it could work really well. All right. So you have two play-in games. We'll call them play-in games, but they're playoff games, right? Um, between the seven and the ten, and the eight and the nine. The, you play the two games. The lowest seed left gets slotted in against the one seed. The next team gets slotted in against the two seed. You've got an eight-team playoff bracket. I don't know if it's the perfect fix, but that's the fan cave fix. All right. That's that's how I would do it. All right, and here's a list of the conference champions this year that would have been in. Clemson, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Ohio State, UAB, Ball State, Oregon, Alabama, Coastal Carolina, and San Jose State. BYU was the highest ranked independent, and, and I think you could have snuck them in somewhere. Um, but you got you have some new blood in the playoffs. Now, are we going to have blowouts? Absolutely. There are going to be some blowouts. Okay, but you get a, an Oklahoma-Cincinnati game. Uh, you get, um, you know, you would see Clemson, uh, Ohio State still possibly. So I, I just think it would be fun. And then you get some of these games like Coastal Carolina and, and I don't know, Ball State or San Jose State. Um, you know, UAB would be in there playing someone like San Jose State or Coastal Carolina who had good seasons. And I think they deserve to at least have a legitimate shot to play towards a national championship. All right. So that's going to do it uh, for topic four. Uh, let's move on. So topic number five, I've kept on ice for a while, so let's crack this one open. All right. Excuse the bad pun, but we're going to talk a little bit of NHL hockey. All right. Something we don't talk a ton about here on the show, but I do enjoy hockey, and and hockey is coming back uh, starting this week, and Tampa Bay is going to head out and defend their Stanley Cup title. All right, but but this year is going to be a lot different than we've seen in the past. Okay, and so they're going to have to do things 
that they're not used to doing uh, play teams during the season that they don't generally play during the year uh, or as many times during the season. All right. Um, so, so this season they're, they're disbanding the East and West conferences the way that we know them, right? There's not going to be an Eastern conference, a Western conference with three divisions in each side. Instead, they've, they've realigned this based on, on region uh, so they've split the teams into four region-based divisions. Uh, and so inside these divisions uh, is where you're going to stick, right? So 56 games this season. So a little bit like the um, the Major League Baseball season that we saw um, with the, the sprint to the finish where they shortened their season to 60. Um, the NHL is going to go from 82 games to 56. Uh, so not a, as drastic of a cut, but it's still a significant amount of games uh, in which you're going to to lose chances to gain points, um, right? So every every game is going to be that much more important to get the two points, uh, to get at least one point out of games um, because the potential for points just isn't there at the higher higher rate. So... A little bit more emphasis on on every game means something or a little bit more, right? And they're all going to be played inside whatever division that these teams have been put into, right? Um, so they're doing this, of course, to cut down on travel, uh, and and so you're going to see some different things that you don't normally see. Yes, we see back to backs in the NHL, but these guys are going to be playing back to back in the same city against the same team at times. Uh, so you don't normally see like the flyers and the Bruins play on back-to-back nights in Boston or in Philly, but we're going to see that this year, right? You don't usually see, um, a, an Eastern conference team play a Western conference team four or five times in a season. We're going to see that this year because of the way that they broke this down. Um, so that's, that's a very uncommon uh, and I think it'll make it a little bit more exciting. You know, you're going to get to see some matchups that you don't typically get to see um, during the course of the season that you would only get to see, um, you know, on occasion or in a Stanley cup final. Um, so the playoffs are going to be a little bit different too, uh, because of the way this is broken down. The top four teams in each division are going to qualify for the playoffs, right? The first two rounds, are going to be inside the division uh, where the one and the four matchup and the two and the three matchup in best of seven series. All right. So now that'll get us down to four teams. All right. We get the semifinals and those teams that are remaining are then reseeded one through four based on the regular season point total. So your regular season point total is going to affect where you're seated once you get to the semifinals, if you're fortunate enough to get that far. All right. So then again, you'll see the one versus the four, the two versus the three um, based on that. So we could potentially see two teams out of the East or two teams out of the West face off in the semi. Well, that you would see, but, uh, but you could potentially see two teams from traditionally the same conference playing for the Stanley Cup, right? You know, so Lord Stanley's Cup 
could come down to, you know, two teams, uh, say Chicago and uh, the Los Angeles Kings. Those are two Western Conference teams. They could meet up in the Stanley Cup Finals this year, um, for the for the chance to to hoist the cup. And that's something you haven't ever seen before. Um, so uh, you know it, it's going to create some different things, some different rivalries now uh, based on region um, that, that could be fun and could be good for the game. And I don't know if this is something that needs to be done permanently. I assume that after this season or when you know when COVID restrictions start to loosen up, uh, hopefully by the time the hockey wraps up, you know we'll be getting rid of uh, COVID restrictions and things like that and travel restrictions. But if this works well, if they can do something like this on a more permanent basis, I think you could see a lot of fun rivalries come out of this that we don't always get to see because of the East and the West conferences. I don't know if it's something that they will look at long-term, but maybe it's something that they should look at long-term. All right, so that's going to do it Do it for topic five. Next week, I'll actually go through some of these divisions and the, I'll give you my four uh, picks for the teams that come out of each division. And I'll tell you my, uh, my prediction for who wins the Stanley cup in this 2021 season. Um, but I'll do that next week. Uh, we're going to slide in another quick break and a word from our sponsor. And we'll come back to wrap up the show with topic six and something and a league that I'm sure most of you haven't even heard of, but I think you should stick around. All right, guys. Thanks for coming back, uh, sticking around. Here's topic six. I mentioned before the break, it's a league that you probably haven't heard of, but I, I really think that you should. Okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna change this up a little bit. And I don't want to talk to you about the CFSL, the Collegiate Football Simulation League. Yeah, relax. I did say simulation league. Okay, but it's something that it's it's fun, and I think a lot of people will enjoy. I joined back in December, all right, and uh, they were doing their semifinals and their championships for their league for their their season nine. And here this week, we start season ten. It'll be my first experience inside the league for a full season, um, and, and I'm really, I'm really excited about it. All right, the league is simulated uh, based on the last college football game ever created at least the last one worth anything ever created right uh ea sports is ncaa 2014 all right members create a recruit all right and the ad's and coaches from from the different schools that are involved in the league and not the actual schools this is all online simulated league um right the those coaches and ad's recruit your players you commit to a school for two to four years uh, depending on the level that you come in at. Um, you're added to the team. Uh, you get access to the team, quote-unquote, locker room. It's all on Discord. Um, right? And then your uh, the games are simulated and uh, by the guys who run this, this group. And they do a fantastic job. The games are simulated. They have live broadcasts. Right? They have color commentary. They have play-by-play. Um, you have a chance to get involved in, in all of this stuff. Uh, you can submit applications to do play-by-play. Um, the guys who I've heard do it do a fantastic job. It, it's a lot like watching 
an actual college football broadcast, right? Um, they do a fantastic job of it. Um, so uh, you get to see the feed, uh, you get to see the chat room and, and everybody involved, right? They react to this like it was, they were actually playing these games. And, and it's fun because you get kind of emotionally invested in these games. You know, you've got a guy out there, you feel a little bit nervous. You see your guy make a play, you get excited. It's just something fun, a great way to fill an evening. Um, you know, you get on the, the Discord chat room with the guys and, and talk uh, about a lot of different things. It's not just always football. You know, it's a lot of, hey, how you doing? And, and this and that. So it's not just football, but it's a good way to make some new friends. Uh, it's a, a great way to to get out there uh, and and just do something new okay uh, like I said everybody I've talked to is, is great um, it's it's kind of a fantasy land experience um, but it's it's just great uh, great for anybody who loved that old video game right the old NCAA football games and anyone who just loves football in general this is uh, it's just a blast okay so if this seems like something that you would be interested in, and I really hope that I at least kind of piqued your interest to give you a little taste, um, you go go online, collegesimleague.com. Okay, check out that website. Um, click get click the get started button, and it's going to send you directly to the Discord uh, channel. Okay, um, someone will reach out to you. They'll, they'll help you through it if you need it. But you create a profile, uh, a recruiting profile, and then the ADs and coaches, they'll start recruiting you. Um, if you jump in, in the middle of the season, you can you can kind of create your profile uh, and wait. I don't know exactly how that'll work if you get into the middle of the season. Um, but you'll always be able to, to chat on the Discord um, and watch all the games on Twitch. Uh, everything, everything you need, you can find in that Discord channel. You can uh, check out that website again. That's collegesimleague.com. Go check that out. It will get you started, um, and and uh, you just go out there and enjoy yourself and enjoy watching some of these football games. And it's it's great. We got you know college football is ending this week. Uh, the NFL is in their playoffs, so we're going to be running out of football pretty soon. So if you need football if you need more football when the when the real life stuff ends check this out for sure again collegesimleague.com get started there if you join up it is free if you just have a three-star athlete that's what i'm doing right now um there are uh some other things that you can you can buy in with but there is no obligation to do so um right uh, I've met a lot of the guys that I've talked to on there said the same thing that I'm kind of feeling out. You know, I don't want to pay any money for it. I want to see what it's about. You know, they did that for a while and now they're, they're coaches and athletic directors and they've been involved, uh, you know, since season one, like I said, we're starting season 10 now, just something great, something new to do. Um, you know, if you just want to watch, get to know some new people, um, have a good time. All right. It, it's, it's extremely fun. I think you should go check it out. If it sounds like something you'd be into, I'll drop the site one more time. College sim league.com, right? It's the CFSL. It's a, a great time. 
and and I hope that we see some new people there um, here very soon. All right, so that's going to do it for our sixth topic. So let's wrap up the show. Guys, it's been great having you back here in the fan cave. Season two, episode one is now a wrap. All right, I'll see you back here next Sunday. I don't think I'm going to open up a full another six pack next week. We'll see how how the flow goes, uh, what I can come up with. Um, we may be back to the uh, back to the three uh, three topics. Um, if you got anything that you would like to drop your opinion on, uh, leave me a voice uh, message. I'll get it on air. Uh, send me an email, mountaineermurf23 at gmail.com. I can get your opinions out there that way. If you have a topic that you would like me to touch on um, and get your opinion out on, again, reach out to me that way. We'll, we'll get it out there. All right, I'm always looking for for some new topics to talk about. Um, We've also got college basketball going, so maybe we can talk about a little bit of that. And uh, the first round of the playoffs will be over. So we got some stuff that we can definitely get into. Uh, the NBA is, is got their season going now, so we got sports galore to get into again. Uh, so again, thanks for joining me uh, for this episode. First episode of season two is done, over with. Come back for episode two. All right, I love having you guys here in the fan cave, and I'll talk to you next week.